All right. Thank you guys so much for joining in and giving us a listen. My name is Brant Cox, and I am the editorial lead of the Infatuation LA. And with me, we have... Hi, I'm Kat Hong, and I am a staff writer for the Infatuation LA. Applause, 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 applause. Applause, 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 applause. Um, so, you know, let's just jump right into it. Mm-hmm. We, uh, you know, if you're listening, you probably have an idea about what we are talking about, and that is Squirrel. Not the adorable woodland creature, but the um, very famous L.A. restaurant that has become not just a city talking point or a national talking point, but really a talking point for anyone with a functioning internet, I think. I mean, this story has absolutely caught fire. Um, It kind of started over the weekend. Kat, do you just want to give a quick sort of recap about what transpired in the last few days um, and how it kind of started. Yes, let's. this is what you missed on Squirrel. Um, so Joe Rosenthal, who is a scientist, had posted this like 80,000 slide story to his Instagram. And so it kind of started off as like talking to Squirrel employees about like discrimination that they face in the workplace and hiring practices. And like some chefs were saying that like recipes were sold from them or stolen from them. And then, like, this one recurring story just, like, kept coming up in all of these, like, interviews he was doing that Squirrel had been leaving their jams in these giant buckets in, like, this, like, wet supply closet. Maybe there was mold on the ceiling on top of it. Who knows? But anyway, on top of these giant buckets, on top of the jam were these, like, two inches of mold on top of it and so when they would serve it to guests they would just move the mold off of the side and you know instagram blew up twitter blew up our personal company slack channel blew up everyone was talking about it over the weekend and then it started spiraling into all of these other things where like a lot of chefs that have worked for squirrels were coming forward and saying like hey like Jessica Coslow is like stolen intellectual property and like recipes from me. And a lot of these chefs were like people of color. And then other things were coming in about like, yeah, workplace discrimination and also like Virgil Village, the place that Squirrel is in and like gentrification. So it just became this like perfect storm of like, we got to talk about all of these things and in the context of Squirrel. And also it's so much mold. (laughs) So, so So much much mold. We are the disease. (laughs) That's great. Uh, that's you know, that was a great recap to give anyone who uh, you know I guess apparently doesn't have internet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I want to you know sort of before we get into the specific issues that are going on here, which are several as you just pointed out, and really just sort of kind of give an overlay of where you know Squirrel fits into this city's LA's restaurant scene mm-hmm. and its overall influence because I do think that plays an important part of kind of what we've seen over the last three days and why this has felt so monumental to so many different people. And, you know, Squirrel really represents this class of these new restaurants that sort of have come out in the last 10 to 15 years that really put LA not just in the national dining conversation, but the worldwide dining conversation. And I think that is why This feels so monumental. This isn't just a popular restaurant that is, you know, big on Instagram. This is a tentpole of kind of modern dining in L.A. And frankly, it's kind of what, you know, people, especially people outside of L.A., you know, I think when they think of L.A., they're picturing Squirrel. 
it, it's become such an identity of this mm-hmm. city, for better or for worse. But it is a label that we we have to own, and I think we do. And Kat, if you want to speak a little bit to this about how quickly mm-hmm. this story unfolded and kind of what we're seeing in comment sections and whatnot. Yeah, like I think Squirrel put LA Dining on the map and like you said like for better or for worse and i think like we're starting to feel this sort of like i don't know maybe anger or like now that like luckily in la these other places that aren't like squirrels or juices are like having their you know proper attention and respect you know what i mean but i think a lot of people are also feeling like why is this what has represented California cuisine for so long when we have Koreatown, we have Little Saigon, we have Little Bangladesh. Like we've had these like incredible enclaves of like different ethnicities. So that's one layer. Another layer is like, you know, 2012, like that was a different time. And for like a female restaurant tour, like breaking into a famously misogynistic workplace and like environment like is really hard. Um, and in a way where it's like she's not like hiding her femininity or like she's not like making scroll like more masculine or anything and like naming it like rhinoceros or something like <laughs> squirrel <laughs> with a u um for men <laughs> um so it's all of that that's like the context but like over the last like couple days of like when the story broke there has just been like an absolute glee happiness Mm -hmm. that is coming from comment sections like a lot of really prominent people in like food media also about just being like freaking finally like we can knock this girl down like i don't think they're intentionally being that we should knock this girl down a peg but like there is this sort of like unabashed like we can finally pile on yeah exactly exactly and i I've, i've been feeling that same way, and this is not to say that um, mm-hmm. Jessica Koslov and Koslov should shouldn't bear the brunt of these these Criticisms. accusations and yeah. these consequences that should rightfully come to her. However, mm-hmm. um, you know, just to talk more broadly, is you know the restaurant industry has been no stranger to massive headlines over the past you know two weeks, three, forty-eight four, five, hours, <laughs> literally, <laughs> and you know you you see these you know massive uh you know scandals and mm-hmm. these uh, tr- illegal actions done by males and by men and yes they're you know they receive consequences as well but those stories it f- pales in comparison to what i felt about this over the last two three days absolutely and i think it's just kind of like <sighs> But these men who have like straight up committed crimes against, you know, women and the people that they work for and like done, you know, racist things that have been on their own Instagrams. And I'm like, what is the crime here for Jessica Caso? Because, okay, you know, it's valid to say that like she may have stolen recipes and like may have had like a secret supply closet of moldy jam whatever but like the story here isn't normally about like the secret supply closet or like how that didn't pass like health code violations it's mostly like the mold and so it's like i can't help but feel like this is in conversation with like even like allison roman where it's Mm -hmm. just like yes you know what almost everything that you can say that's a criticism of these people is correct and like they should be addressed and they should acknowledge the ways that they've like i don't know perpetuated white aesthetic 
food media. But at the same time, it's like, why are we so happy and gleeful to, you know, cancel a squirrel or Alison Roman? But when like these like much larger like editors of food media companies, it's like always a more like somber tone. And like, yes. it's almost yes. like, oh, his career is like ruined now. Yes, yes. It's more of like, oh, what a shame like mm-hmm. that this had to happen. Absolutely. It, it, it It's just the... The psyche around it is completely different than the psyche we've seen surrounding this story, like you've said, surrounding Alice and Roman. Um, There's and- no glee around the other stories. There's no like, I'm finally so happy to be saying this. I never liked insert food media company here in the first place. Right, right. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's it's very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so to, let's like get into you know some yes. of these specifics here. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, this story broke. It all started with the mold, the mold. and <laughs> this mold. And it, you know, it's crazy. And you know that this the, the secret kitchen that's been there mm-hmm. for you know seven, eight years. <laughs> you know, it just is like almost like wait, what is happening here? Yeah. It's it, it, it's wild and you you can't make it up i you know i was scouring the internet um today as i as i normally do during work um, hours I, during work hours <laughs> i you know i came across this uh this this tweet that basically you know i i hadn't really thought about it but they this way but they basically were like you know Squirrel has been accused of this gentrification. Chefs uh, of color, employees of color have come forward in the past and have kind of raised their hands about Squirrel. And yet it's the moldy jam that set off this whole thing. It's the moldy jam that broke the camel's back. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. It's, How has no one written that yet? That's insane. I don't, I'm Googling proverbs. So. <laughs> I'm Googling how do I copyright this immediately? <laughs> um so you know it's just it's just interesting and i you know the the role of this gentrification has surrounded squirrel for a long time and really since i was first introduced to to squirrel and and it this has been a part of it for a long time it's i think this has been an la discussion it hasn't been a national conversation because Mm -hmm. the neighborhood that squirrel is in is, is, is is called virgil village and it is a small historic community um, with a lot of culture, but it is not. Uh, it is not necessarily uh, a well-known community in terms of just brand recognition, or I should say name name recognition. Totally, it's like to the people that um, Squirrel is catering to. Yes, exactly. I, you know, and I think you know the reality is is there's probably a lot of people you know who have lived in LA for several years that probably couldn't point to Virgil Village on a map. Um, but there's this quote that has been going around mm-hmm. in the last couple days that was from an article, I should say an interview that Jessica had several years ago around the beginning years of, uh, of Squirrel. And she basically said, you know, she was discussing sort of the cheats that she had to kind of get into the business. And mm. one of them was basically to find she found a shitty corner on Virgil and Marathon and I saw that and it just struck me so hard because you know I I, whatever Jessica's financial situation was in 2012 I, I don't think she can be blamed for saying hey I have 
the, the, the money, um, this amount of money, and this is the only place where I can get my business off the ground. I think that's okay. That that's fine. She, she should not be blamed for that. What what my problem with this quote is that it shows a complete lack of awareness to the community that she's moving into. She doesn't even say Virgil Village. She names the intersection. Totally. And it, Which is it, just erasing it, it completely and makes it seem like she didn't even know it existed in the and she doesn't care to. Right. Exactly. And you know, it's one thing to go into a new neighborhood and put your business, whether it's a laundromat or a restaurant or a bank, like whatever, or a, a squirrel shop, like I don't know, like <laughs> whatever it is, taxidermy, whatever it is, it is still your responsibility to understand uh, the community that you're moving mm-hmm. into and where you fit into it. Now, and that you, know, you have a responsibility to it as well. You have the responsibility, and it, that quote shows that. Jessica at that time did not have that responsibility or or that awareness, I should say. Totally. And I think the thing that like keeps coming up is that like Squirrel was like, for lack of a better term, cultural reset for the L.A. restaurant Mm -hmm. scene where just kind of like this became like the precedent for the way that restaurants were set up and run and like thought about themselves. And so, you know, part of that is the California cuisine. Part of it is um, mold practices. Um, Another part of it is like even this part of like going to neighborhoods that have cheaper real estate. And, you know, maybe if she had set the precedent, I'm not saying... I'm not necessarily saying it was on her, but like kind of like if she had set the precedent of being like, I'm going to go to this neighborhood, I'm going to acknowledge it and like integrate myself and like be respectful and like realize that I am playing like a part in like a much larger conversation. Like maybe that would have translated into like what we see as like L.A. restaurant culture today. And like it's not impossible because like I was telling Mm -hmm. Brent or Brent, I was telling you earlier, like I live in historic Filipino town. It's like a lot of really great restaurants have been cropping up over like the last like two years. And the thing that's like always struck me and like and that I think is like so special about it is that all of them have such an awareness of both each other and like the community at large and realize that they owe something to each other. That's key. That is the mm-hmm. that is it right there. Because Squirrel is not the first restaurant to open up in a neighborhood that didn't have another restaurant like mm-hmm, that at the time. Mm-hmm. Like hardly. Like that happens that's been happening in every city or you know, around the country for a long time. And but it is, like you said, it is that awareness of each other um, and the responsibility to each other and your place in your community, that is what's most important. Completely. Because if like I'm living in Virgil Village and I see this like random white lady like come and like do like a jam pop up and being like, oh yeah, I'm like in this like shitty cheap part of town. I'd be like, what? I actually live here and I'm like a human being and I don't think it's like shit. And even if I do, I'm like, I am at least a part of the community and I can say that. Yes. Yes. So that is there's that issue yeah that's Um, layer one (laughs) layer one you know another issue that has kind of come from this that several of her former chefs um people of color have Mm. stepped forward and said that jessica has stolen recipes from them or not given them proper credit or payment Mm -hmm. for some of squirrel's most famous recipes for years for years for years and I believe that Jessica or Squirrel came forward um, in the last few days and sort of made a statement that said, uh, essentially, like, said, yes, I have. 
And unfortunately, that is commonplace in the industry. And that's, you know, more or less the way it goes. And Which is bullshit. No offense. It's bullshit. Yeah, that, that's that's crazy. I mean, but here's the thing. It's like, is she wrong about that? Like, no, she's probably not. But that doesn't make it right. It's, you know, and, and that's why this story just continues to just like lay it on all of us. It's like... Here is now a whole other topic that is such a, is such a strong discussion point because this is a industry wide issue. This is not an isolated yeah. incident that happened at a cafe in Virgil Village. So this you know this is an industry this is an industry wide standard. And that word standard, you're just like oh why mm-hmm. why is this you know because there is no legal. Um, your ramifications are like yeah consequences well meaning like you can't there's no rights around a recipe so it is it's this industry standard more or less and it's so frustrating that it is that way and mm-hmm. it's just this next layer in this puzzle of like okay how can we begin to kind of unravel all of this and i think like what's really interesting about this moment is like this is not just happening with like recipe development. This is happening like throughout like every step of the restaurant industry, especially like right now, people are saying like, you know, like how management like treats like front of house, how management treats back of house, like the pay inequality of that. The fact that like so many people own restaurants without even like ever working in a restaurant or ever going to the restaurant that they freaking own. Like, I think we're seeing this like really interesting moment where it's like we actually are listening to the workers and quite frankly like the restaurant is like such a like purely capitalist like structure like completely it's almost like i i don't know people like have been talking about like you know like tunde way has been like saying all this stuff of like maybe we shouldn't have restaurants the way that we think about them anymore and i'm like not gonna lie yeah, probably. It's a reckoning of sorts, you know, of all facets of the restaurant industry. And that also includes the the journalistic side. And yes. yes. In and you know, there's this talking point now from all of this of being like no, you know, there is no way that a lot of these, you know, publications and journalists, you know, who wrote about Squirrel would know about a secret Mm. Uh, secret closet and that you know if the health department didn't see you know how could you know a journalist you know in New York see and (laughs) but there is this further conversation happening of a restaurant such as Squirrel that has been inundated with Mm -hmm. every award and accolade that you could imagine any all of them in the books Mm -hmm. you know have been thrown at Squirrel and at what point do, do, you know, do journalists have to take a step back and say, hey, before we start doing all of this and like talk to back of house, talk to front of yes. house, um, start to have these conversations of being like, hey, this restaurant is getting a lot of success. People love the food. People, you know, this is this is happening. The, the, the machine is, is, is running for you guys. And that's awesome. Is everything else good? hundred percent. Well, because these because, are the people that you're yeah. talking about, like the line cooks, the people that are working at the cashier at Squirrel. I'm like, these are the people that are making the Squirrel experience. You know what? I like Jessica Coslow might have set it up and like 
did the jam thing or whatever but i'm like when you go to squirrel the experience is from the people that are working in the restaurant day in and day out and like luckily like she is a person who it seems like it's pretty involved in the day-to-day operations but like yes you know like these people are just as important they're the ones you know serving natalie portman and us and like mitigating these like truly two-hour lines like yeah to erase them from the story is like they're the soul of that restaurant Mm -hmm, absolutely and like every restaurant because every restaurant owner like anybody in the business will be like well this is just how it's run like i if i had my perfect like ideal world like it wouldn't be like this but like this is just how it's done but i'm like i think we have a real opportunity right now to be like no we can break it i mean the restaurant industry is broken at this point after like four months of like being closed and like no government aid so it's like we have a chance to be really intentional with like you know making it better and like equitable for people it's just it's just so i i'm i'm excited that we're finally here maybe not finally i think this is we've been dancing around this issue for many years in the restaurant industry but maybe this you know this is the the jam that breaks the camel's <laughs> It's the mold that breaks the camel's back. Oh my god, the mold. The oh, mold. Shit. Oh my god, we oh practiced this so many times, Brand. I know. I, I know. can't. Uh, I uh, can't spoon feed this to you. No. Well, I don't want to be spoon fed <laughs> any mold. So you, we willingly put it in our mouths. Um, so I guess yeah. Like if this is a turning point for the restaurant industry, but specifically squirrel, like what do you think happens next? Like I can't imagine like. I think people will just forget about it and like people will go back to squirrel again. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know what will happen. You know, Twitter and Reddit has an extremely short term memory and Mm -hmm. you know, it it remains to be seen. I, I hope that um, sort of, you know, a lot of the issues that this country has been dealing with this summer, you know, is that these aren't just, flash in the pan one moment you know zeitgeisty type things these are real issues that we have an opportunity to dismantle dismantle Mm -hmm. and take a look at and rebuild and i hope that this this moment becomes that and not just uh a bunch of people yelling on twitter yeah i but i guess when i was like saying like it feels like nothing is going to change like people will just go back to squirrel because it's like even in their apologies and like her apologies of like being like okay whoops yeah we had a secret closet but now it has an a oh whoops like we're not gonna have you're gonna have mold on it again i'm like that's just like what comes with like working with like fresh food you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so it's like it doesn't seem like any structural change is like being put in place and it doesn't seem like she's restructuring the way that like the restaurant is run and like who gets credit and like who's getting the money so it's like I don't know I think something people are at least aware of it now but I'm a little bit wary of like actual change yeah I mean I think we all are <laughs> every everybody is and yeah, I think the only thing you know we can do as individuals and anyone listening is just hold yourself accountable hold you know the businesses that you go to accountable mm-hmm. um as much as you can obviously we don't work at these these places but you you know it boils down to accountability and mm-hmm. that's you know what the only thing we can do and hold is just 
personal accountability. Absolutely. I mean, like us as like personal individual people and like us as like food media as well. Like we can't just yes. propel these people to like insane like celebrity cult like status without literally interviewing anyone on the staff. You know what I Agreed. mean? Agreed. Like and like the people that we do elevate from now on, it's like, yeah, we got it. We have like a responsibility to make sure it's like, I don't know, uh, different. <laughs> yep. For lack of a better term. Yes. Well, I think, you know, we fleshed this out as <laughs> yes. best we could. Honestly, I don't think this story is fully over. I think there's no. um, many more layers uh, that are probably still going to come. But Layers uh, of mold. Layers of mold. <laughs> inches of <laughs> mold are still to come. But uh, I'm thankful that we had this opportunity to, to discuss and kind of flesh mm-hmm. things out and kind of put into perspective um, – for some people who maybe were just kind of completely overwhelmed by all of this as we are too, but it helps to talk about these things. Um, and I and feel hopeful too. Yeah. I feel yeah. very hopeful that, you know, we haven't had a conversation like this, like in so many words about squirrel, you know what I mean? Even though we've like had these thoughts before. So I'm glad that the conversation is at least being had. Absolutely. And with that, um, we are signing off. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, again, this has been Brant and Cat. Cat. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I don't know why I said the name. <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, Honestly, I almost but, forgot it. So this that's good. But thank you so much for tuning in. We'll uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Love you. <laughs>